do you feel like the whole world has gone crazy? Are you looking out there or looking in your own life and wondering what the heck is going on? Well, we're really witnessing what the Christians have referred to as the end of times and what's been referred in other traditions as the Kali Yuga or the awakening into the age of Aquarius. Catherine Skaggs is here to share with us her own insights into this transition that we're all in and to offer some guidance. She's a visionary artist, intuitive author, teacher, shamanic practitioner, and we have had her on the show before, and we welcome her here as she releases her new book, Artist, Shaman, Healer, Sage, Timeless Wisdom Practices, Ritual, and Ceremony to Transform Your Life and Awaken Your Soul. Join us to hear more. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show, Soul Nectar Show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the big mystery beyond the veil. And we take those first steps into what becomes a lifelong journey of walking the red road. Hopefully you're all invited to come along and you might find something very precious and potent and powerful and something I like to call soul nectar on that journey, on that road. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love having these conversations every week and bringing in my friends and guests who can shed some light on aspects of this journey, because I just noticed that sometimes it's helpful to hear a sister or brother talk about something that you're going through and they put words to something and it's like, ah, that's it. That's it. That's the thing I'm feeling. That's what's happening for me. And that helps us all learn and grow together. And so Every week I come on and I bring my friends and I have a lot of friends and today's friends, I, I just, I know because we share a lineage together, we've both walked through the power path program together and uh, done those teachings and been, had those, uh, you know, gratitude, love and awe moments, those glaw moments like, whoa, this is so trippy. This is amazing. And then, you know, where uh, Catherine is a, a teacher in her own right. So welcome Catherine Skaggs to the show. Hey, Carrie. Great to be here as always with you. I love being with you and talking with you about all things amazing and mystical. Yes, the mystical. And you have a new book coming out, which is The Artist, Shaman, Healer, Sage, Timeless Wisdom, Practices, Ritual, and Ceremony to Transform Your Life and Awaken Your Soul. And I want to say to everybody, like, yeah, there's the book. It's so like her artwork is all through the book. Oh, it's like pages, yes. beautiful artwork. And I've shared, uh, Catherine, I've shared your artwork before in my various communities because, of course, you painted that beautiful soul portrait of White Eagle. And then I saw it and I was like, it was an awakening moment for me. It was like, oh, wait a second. That's like the one that helps me. <laughs> so that's some cool stuff. So, yeah, very accurate and such like they're like portals into the divine. And we talked about that on your last episode of Soul Nectar Show. So I, we were just talking before the show, everybody, you know, just heads up, Catherine and I were, were chatting away before we started the, the record. 
And what's really up right now, and maybe some of you are feeling this, is that there's a change in the field. Like there's something really shifting at a, at a major level. And I hinted at this in the interview with, um, with Sophia Wise one. If you listen to that interview, that was just like a week ago or so, I think by the time this comes out, you'll, you'll hear her download she got from her grandmother, um, medicine women that help her on her journey and said that, you know, time is now. We've all been asking for the time to be now and now is the time and now is going to take about four months, you know, so we're kind of in the middle of that, you know, we're in the middle of that transition and it could be the rest of this year. It could be another five years. Who knows? You know, time is so relative. Um, But tell us more about this experience that you, from your perspective, Catherine, because I know we were talking about it before we got on and I'd love to hear what's been happening for you and, and what you make of it. Well, we're in the end times as, as Christianity taught and in Hinduism, they call it the Kali Yuga and, and the Hopi, the Navajo, the Aztecs, many others have talked about this being the ending of the fourth world moving into the fifth. And it's like, well, what the heck does that mean to me? And right now what it means is astrologically, we're in a huge cycle. It's like we're graduating from one place and moving to another. Particularly as I've studied most of my life, you know, for the last 40 years anyway, spiritually trying to wake up to be conscious that I'm a soul on this human life, in this human life, is that we go through cycles and spiritually, collectively on this planet right now, humanity is in this huge cycle for growing up moving from a, as a species, not necessarily, I mean, there's many individuals, very old souls here. There's a lot of baby souls and all the in-between, but collectively we're getting an opportunity as we're being infused with high frequency energy. Imagine as all the planets move every year around the sun, there's always different configurations. Some of you may follow astrological teachings, But these configurations have been calling in and realigning the divine feminine to us that we've been working with, coming home to a more compassionate, heart-centered way and healing that out-of-balance, patriarchal, masculine energy that's that's about production. We've got to come back to our intuition. So that's a piece of the cycle that we're reclaiming our heart spaces, not just our mentality about how we do life. And so this energy uh, that's coming in is causing a breakdown of a lot of the old patterns and the old foundational ways that we've been doing the last 100 years, 200 years, thousands of years, where we have been experimenting as a species. And there's been a lot of conquering going on in this masculine patriarchal model. And that no longer serves humanity. You know, as a species, I'm not just talking about the shift that we're noticing. We've got COVID, we've got all these changes going on around the world that we're having to navigate differently. That is part of the landscape. But what's doing with us, that outer external landscape, whether it be astrology or our politics or Black Lives Matter or COVID, all these things that are triggering us to change, is that there's something being called to us the inner Christ, the inner Buddha, the higher inner shaman to wake up. You'll see people just out of the blue reaching for a spiritual book. 
at trying to understand what is happening, not just on a linear physical level, but on a spiritual level, is that this is about becoming conscious that we are creating our reality. We are dreaming this and that there's these larger circumstances that are container that we're in that is tempering us as a soul within a human body to understand that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. But somewhere in there, if we're going to truly become whole, we've got to take these shadows. We've got to take these difficult situations where we've been devoid of spirit, where we've been out of whack or in, afraid. And we need to infuse them with our spirituality, with our light, with our heart. And that's where we find wholeness. It's not about flying off the planet in an ascension model. It's literally about being infused as spirit within matter and doing our best to become conscious, wake up and come into harmony again. And it's a big deal because, I mean, I've been working on this path for quite a few years and I've had a ton of challenges. I actually posted something on Facebook earlier today and I had somebody write me and said, thank you for putting that up about this last full moon that was so hard. I'm glad to know that you go through challenges too. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. I don't care how far I've been practicing spiritual things. I'm very human and all of this affects all of us. So yes, it's, you know, what some of the symptoms of this transformation you may be going through is you just can't be the cheerleader all the time. Maybe you've been the cheerleader. I'm kind of a cosmic cheerleader. I've wanted to be the cheerleader. And I'm like, you know what? You also got to go down into the depths of transformation if you really want to be whole and happy. And so you, you got to face those shadows. You know, and so that is the dissolution of the ego would be one language some people may talk about or the dark night of the soul. In shamanism, we'll call it the dismemberment uh, and death process, shamanic death, doesn't mean necessarily you lose your physical life, but it means everything you've known is changing. It's like our whole reality has changed since we all wear masks everywhere now, at least in my part of the woods, and that we're expected to. And we're expected not to breathe on each other. We're expected to do, get a vaccine. We're expected to do all these things. And it's like, how do you wake up and have choice within this particular reality now? How do you become part of the change that brings more harmony? So you may have to let go of some old ways of being. Most likely you're being forced into it if you're not consciously creating, praying, and doing something spiritually every day to have an understanding, not only just an understanding, that sounds intellectual. You may have a an intuitive knowing, which is awesome, but it's literally a transformative energy where you're not going to be like you were yesterday or two years ago or 10 years ago. You're going to be entirely transformed like a diamond happens out of coal because of all the pressure. And it's like we've got these energetic spiritual forces sending pressure into our physical reality to help us understand that we're actually spiritual beings and that there is this graduation that we're in so that we can be more light, so that we can be more loved, so that we can truly evolve beyond where we've been. And not everybody will graduate, I don't think, but I think the entire species is being given an opportunity and many, many are being called 
to become conscious, to become more loving, to hold space for others on their journey, and that we're in this together. That whatever you and I do affects the rest of reality, just like what everybody else does, we feel and sense whether we know it or not. So that's kind of, does that help? I mean, it's like, it's, you know, the Kali Yuga, the end times, whatever you call it, is death of the ego. And there's many symbols throughout time. One of the goddesses I painted is Kali, who's this great goddess who's in our tarot deck, mythical goddess tarot that I helped paint or I painted. She's hold, She's this wild looking black blue goddess with black hair and she's got blood on her and she's got skulls around her neck and around her waist and she's got a head in her, in her hands. And it's like, if you don't have any idea what that symbolizes, you go, oh! Oh no, not that sprite kind of pretty scary. And it's like, actually she's a very cool protector and all of her devotees understand that she is purity, that she's there to help us purify our egoic ways, to purify our lower nature, to purify that part of us. That's a jerk to purify the part of us. That's not heart centered. That's fear based. And so she comes in and helps to clean away or, or die that egoic structure that is born of the lower senses. It's really not very enlightened. It's greed, it's fear, it's anger. It's all these emotional and mental expressions that cause harm ultimately to ourselves and to the world around us. So this deity is this powerful, beautiful, goddess actually who's purity because she's helping us come home to the purity within ourselves. So imagine if you're of the shamanic realm, you can call this beautiful goddess as your ally to help clean your heart and clean your mental thoughts to support you in this death process of letting go of the, how many of you have gone through something with, and particularly relationships. Have you found relationships are up Carrie? Like, oh yeah. We're in the new territory with relationships. Oh, the sorting hats going on. People have been in your tribe forever and all of a sudden they're not. And it's not necessarily all of a sudden, but it seems sudden in our consciousness at times where it, that it's just not working anymore and you got to go do something different or you've got to really invest in a lot of work for both of you to clear your triggers that you can't project onto someone else that they did it to you anymore. That's part of waking up is a hundred percent personal responsibility that this is your dream and those people are there for a reason. So you can become more forgiving, more loving, more awake, better boundaries, love yourself better up. And then you two can decide whether to continue the play because it's not about whether they are there or not. It's whether or not you can be in harmony and in balance in how you show up with each other. And that's, you know, it's like, that's happening at work. It's happening in our personal relationships. It's happening in how we view the world. You know, part of what's dying is like, we're in a very extreme duality right now. Our duality seems bigger, even though it's always been there. And I've heard the word extremism recently. I'm like, that's it. That's what's describing this split. So we can actually come back into unity is to see all the places where we blame something outside of ourselves. And it's like, you know what? We've got our own, all this stuff 
in that there's ancestral healing, there's uh, mass consciousness healing, that this, these things that are going on today are very old. So if, whether it be racial bias, which I, we talked about earlier, Black Lives Matter, people of color, anybody where there's injustice and we're at each other that somebody's better than the other, somebody's right over wrong, that's a, that's a really big thing that we're having to find inside of ourselves to heal so that we can show up and love everybody. So we can show up and be equal, even if we're different, that we can show up and actually not be afraid of our fellow humans and create a new way of being that says there's enough for everybody. We need to figure out how to be in harmony instead of this old slave model that we've had going on for centuries, actually thousands of years. You go beyond the United States, you go into all these other places, and at some point there was a cycle that began of power over other. And we're here to heal that in this life. That's part of the death that we have. We have to collapse the structures where that exists. Yeah, collapsing the structures. God, that is so powerful. I definitely am feeling all of that. And I'm feeling like also it feels to me like there's like things are being agitated to the place where we are, we're being agitated out of our indifference. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, Carrie, I was born in 1958. And, you know, I came through that whole 60s era where out of the 50s into the 60s, and it was kind of like Betty Crocker and all these shows that were family shows that everybody's okay and the wife is in the kitchen and the guy is at work and the kids are all happy. And it's like, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes back then, but we did not talk about it. And then the 60s came and we're very much in a similar, I don't know astrologically, I know there's some similar things going on astrologically as to the 60s. I can't speak to them because I'm not an astrologer and I don't know them exactly. But when we had Vietnam War and when we had all the uprisings, the hippies and all these things against the establishment, the very same thing is going on today in another expanded version to bring things out of the closets. And, you know, it's like sexuality, uh, gender, uh, racial issues, money issues women, it doesn't matter. It's all on the table for us to look at because the only way that I'm aware at this point to get to wholeness within the self is that we've got to be courageous enough to look at the difficult things. And it doesn't necessarily mean you need to relive trauma, but you can't stuff hard stuff under the floor anymore. Otherwise, I mean, someone did some astrology this last year that I was paying attention to about these end times, about all this massive sacred destruction taking place. And particularly with the chart of the United States, with all this gone on politically the last 10 years or so, and longer than that, but you know, it seems to have come to a head, right? Politically in the last mm -hmm. eight years, 10 years. And they said it was like opening up the closet and finding out there's mold in there. And so you got to rip that wall out. And then you get into the structure and you see there's mold there. So you start taking it apart. And then all of a sudden you realize every room has mold in it and they're taking everything apart. 
until the house has been disassembled. And that's the astrology in the United States taking place right now, is that we have to look at these things that have caused destruction and we have to address them. And so, you know, let's talk about that. How do we address this stuff? How do we, how do we heal through this? How do we manage how it feels and how difficult it is? What do we do? You know, that's such a good question. I, I was realizing along the way, um, as I was exploring these concepts myself and seeing like what's going on is that, you know, the United States was founded on this idea that was actually Algonquin, right? So they're like, oh, I like that. That sounds good. I want to apply that to myself, but I'm not going to apply that to anybody else, right? So it was like this half-hearted or like segmented little decision. But so I just know that when you form a container for any project, the intention with which you form the container will actually bring you to the culmination of its its most um, highest expression. You'll just be sort of forced into that, bringing it to the highest expression. So like we we set a very powerful container for the United States and our government based on these Algonquin principles. And we are now being called to task to actually raise it up to the place where it actually is doing what we said we wanted. Yeah, because <laughs> and yeah. you mentioned that what it makes me think of is this powerful container with those ideals and principles that are absolutely divine, right? But we had the greed and the slave model. Yeah. Black people weren't equal, women weren't equal, Native Americans were completely devastated by the white man. And so we have this crazy, wonderful ideal, and then we are not in integrity with how, you know, the greed model, when you say it's all about me, but I'm not going to share it with you, no reciprocity. It's like, exactly. If without reciprocity, we cannot be in balance. And we, and love is fierce. So, you know, <laughs> love does not abide that. Like yep. if you set that high ideal and you don't, and you're going to be propelled to make it so eventually through your, through your ability, but you're going to be, and that's really, I think what we're facing now is that we set that ideal and we didn't follow through on it. And so we've been asked to follow through piece by piece by piece by piece by piece. But the thing is you can't really, you know, when, when a foundation of a house is set wrong, if you build on top of that foundation, it, it the house is never quite right. It it always is leaning in one direction or the other, or it, you know the, the foundation's unstable. The walls end up sagging. Like you you have to actually build on a solid foundation. I mean, this is one of the things that um, like Victor Ramos, who's one of our um, our medicine people that helps us with my one year program, and he was giving the example of the of the kuyas in the mesa. He's like, first we start with this kuya, and that has to be very so strong and solid first. You, you work on that one and you get that solid. Then when that's ready, you put the next one on because the foundation and how you lay everything together is very important for its longevity, for its, um, its potency, its power. And in the United States, we, we didn't do that. We, had, we, we set an ideal and then we instantly fell short of it in yeah. setting the foundation of the country. So now we're seeing the fallout from that. Yeah. 
one of the things I'd like to offer up to go along with this is that with the support of spirit and the astrology and the cycles that we're going through to be at this point, that sounds kind of hard, but I'd like to give it another twist to go on top of what you just said, because we know that a bad foundation, as you, you just said the whole thing, it doesn't, it's not going to last and, it, and it's going to fall apart and it's going to be messy in the long run. So one of the things I've worked with for a long time, you know, the goddesses is a great, the story of Kali is great. There's some other goddesses who are destruction goddesses. But I'd like to add the word sacred destruction. That this dismemberment, that this dark night of the soul dismemberment type thing we're going through to collapse these structures is a sacred part of our spiritual journey. That, it, that I refer to it as sacred destruction. And, you know, if you're not aware that there's a bigger picture, it can be kind of scary if you don't trust spirit, you don't trust the divine. So that's a really important place to work on is to establish that relationship with your infinite divine self and that you're in this bigger picture. So to cultivate that is a really important foundation spiritually for how to be here on earth. However, I'd love to tell a story about uh, my painting process and my art process that, you know, I was just getting on my spiritual path in my 20s and I'd gone back to school to get a second degree, my art degree. And I was in Kansas City and there was this great teacher named Wilbur Newall. Wherever you are, Wilbur, hello, thank you for being an amazing artist. He was very saison like he's my drawing teacher and a painting teacher during the time I was there. And I had just huge respect for him, but he was very well known when you're doing a drawing or you're doing a painting to come and look over your shoulder and uh, kind of like beam in to see if he can see what you're looking at. And then he would take his pencil or his paintbrush, depending on what you were working on, and he would go start correcting. He would like say, no, that's a little further down or all that. So one day he comes in and he looks over my shoulder when I'm doing this still life painting. And I'd like to say that I've been working on it 100 hours plus at this point. And it's starting to pop, you know, when the colors get just right, and there's enough tension between the light and the dark and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm close to finishing it. And he looks over my shoulder, he takes the paintbrush with a little cobalt blue, and he comes in and he says, you know, the composition would be a whole lot better if you moved it up about an inch and a half on the canvas. I was like, <laughs> things I was thinking in my mind at the time that were not pleasant, you know, like, shit. And, and so I knew he was right, but I thought, oh, the effort of doing this and the focus mm. I need to have. And I'm like, I relinquished. I was in class, had to go for it. So I went back into that painting and sure enough, I moved that whole thing up and basically repainted the whole thing practically. And it was a beautiful piece and I knew that he was right. So fast forward many, many years later, I'm painting goddesses and I hadn't painted in five years. And I started painting again and all these goddesses are coming out of me. And I've got a three foot by four, can four foot canvas I've started with this beautiful goddess on it. And I, I painted it actually part of it live at a store opening. I had a metaphysical store open during that time. And she was beautiful. She's and I got her about 85% done. And I thought, I don't think I can finish her. There's just something not right. 
So I painted her out all in black. And I remember the people had seen her went, oh no. I said, well, she wasn't gonna be quite right. And I knew all this stuff from working with Wilbur that it had given me the courage to let go of something even though it was almost all right. It wasn't quite, but it was almost. So I went back in and another painting started to emerge, another goddess. And she was also beautiful and all that, but she got up to that 80 some odd percent mark and I knew the same thing. So I did it again and everybody's like, oh no. I said, well, it's just the process. It's not quite there yet. Then I turned the canvas on its side and I put gesso on it. And I thought, I have no idea what's going to happen on this canvas. And I left it. So I was teaching an intuitive painting class and trying to loosen up my style a little more abstract with the way things came on. And one of my students saw the pieces, a piece that I'd just done with a Buddha in it. She said, sell that to me. I'm like, oh, it's kind of a sketchy thing. And she said, sell it to me. I'm like, okay. And so I did that. And then that night I taught class and after not class, I was just goofing around again. And I go, oh my gosh, I know what to do with that canvas now. So I ran up to my studio. I got a two inch brush and I went. And because of all the texture and all that I'd put into it up to that place, it took me hardly anything to finish the most beautiful painting ever that was textures of Kuan Yin. It was a Kuan Yin that developed in it was, you know, all these various textures created the third thing. It wasn't the drawing or the painting. It was the depth of the texture along with the additional imagery that came. And it downloaded so quick when it was right. And I think this is something we all have to work on is that even when you create something and, and it destroy it, whether it be a relationship, a job, or a painting, or a garden, or whatever, is that there's always this creative energy there to have a higher form develop, to have a more whole, beautiful form come through you. And this is great to talk about because these energies have been challenging for me too, as many of us, it's like, oh yeah, I just need to trust that when the time's right, the perfect download hits and it's not that you go to sleep and forget about it. It's like you're in constant prayer with, I, I do my best to be in constant prayer with the divine, even when I don't feel like I'm doing a great job. And that I will get my answer and I'll get the support I need in the process. And I think that's all of us, especially those waking up, it's like, there. it's okay. The divine will come through you into another beautiful expression as you ask and are willing to go for it. It requires some courage. Oh gosh. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's a beautiful metaphor. I love that visual of the painting. I'm an artist too. So I love this. I need to get back to my art, but I love that, um, that idea of like the, and even that the two other goddesses needed to be present on the canvas in order for Kuan Yin to be complete. It's like that, even that, like those, those other energetics were present, helping her to like really shine. So I love that whole idea too. And, you know, it's, it just gives me, that gives me a better perspective on how our, our country in the United States, all of these experiences, you know, we set the frequency. Often what happens in a personal journey is that we'll set an intention, right? We'll set an intention for something that we desire to come forward. And then immediately everything that's in the way of that intention shows up 
glaringly in our faces, right? And we can either ignore it and push it away or we can handle it. And if we handle it, something beautiful and richer comes forward. And if we push it away, it comes back louder. It comes back more intense. So this is the same, you know, we're at a collective level with this container that we set and it just has taken generations and generations and generations to really come to the place where it's like, we have to get our heads out of the sand and we have to admit that we made some errors with how we, how we started this, this whole experience. And as a result of that, we have a lot of context now and a lot of understanding about why it is important that we actually should have started the container or what would have happened if we started the container with the actual principles in mind and with the integrity to uphold them. I think we all understand now why that's so important. Absolutely. And the good news is because there's people like you and me and all of you others doing spiritual work, we are part of the shift because every time each of us does a little bit, as we just do our little lives, we're working on a, on a mass consciousness level. Whether you have any idea of it or not, when you said yes to changing your life, when you said yes, I wanna know more, when you said yes, I'm gonna be a light best I can as I do my life, we're infecting the cosmic you know, depth and breadth of humanity and beyond anything we know. We're working, it's like in the game of life, we're working, uh, we, we're like we're in a room called Earth and yet there's all these other rooms of the universe uh, being woven together. But every time you and I breathe in more love, everything shifts up with more consciousness and we tap into that and uh, I find that that really is the only answer in the long run is how to practice that more for ourselves and more for our world. And that the rest, I mean, we think the social media and internet has done so much to connect people, which it has in this game. Uh, but just imagine as you do your own practices that it's equally as powerful as this program going out, you know, and then any of the best, biggest, broadcasts in the world is that we're broadcasting and that we're coming around the corner to understanding how connected we are and that we really are the ones uh there's no other no it's us and you're just another me it just looks different just looks different appearance i had this download that during a ceremony last week that i'm if I consider my ancestral DNA and I travel back, you know, my mom has done all the, um, you know, ancestral ancestry work to see like, where did we come from? And I know, I think I know it back is like 1500 or something like that. So if you like, go, if I go all the way back to like, even just that point, that 1500, and then I take that ancestor and I extrapolate out all the people that have been born and all the people that have been born and all the people that have been born and all the people that have been born ever since then, the ancestors are showing me you're actually in your very body connected with probably about a billion people right now. And I was like, whoa, you know, like that's how I'm connected to a billion people. That's how I'm in service to a billion people. Because I kept saying, I know I need to be in service to like a billion people on the planet right now. <laughs> That's, I'm already doing it. 
So like, as we do our work, like if you're called to be a healer, you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I want to be in service in that way. And yeah. So like every, every bit of work that we do on ourselves, it, it's not, it's like seven generations forward and back, but it's also all of humanity because we're all connected to the whole planet. Actually, we're connected to everything that is in this whole space. And so our, as our concept of ourselves grows, as we realize how connected we are, like I was walking through the forest yesterday and I was actually like in this weird new space of feeling all the trees and feeling connected, like really connected, like viscerally inside my body and feeling the churning of life, like life is churning and moving. And I was feeling that inside me. And I was like, wow, this is a whole nother level. So these, these, uh, these realizations, we actually can realize then get beyond our limited perspectives and realize it's not just me sitting in a room doing a ceremony, working on one piece of my personal struggle. It's actually me working on a collective paradigm that probably a billion or more people face and I'm connected to them in my body. And so as I work on that thing, I'm lightening their load a little bit. I'm helping them out. I'm not doing the work for them, but I'm giving like the, uh, like, oh, here's, here's a cheat sheet for how you work through that one <laughs> or, or here's this one. And as we lift the collective, it's easier for people to claim it who maybe haven't opened their spirituality yet. Maybe they can claim it now because things have lightened up. When it's exponential with so many of us doing the work, you know, when Jesus walked the earth or Buddha, you know, particularly I think of Jesus is like, that was a time when we had one enlightened being that we were aware of that was working at these high dimensional levels. And it, the initiations could be pretty instantaneous if you were desireful and within his orb. Now, how far that goes out, I don't know. I know it goes out as far as you can imagine because as I was taught, 90% of our DNA is spiritual and 10% is physical. So imagine, Carrie, you doing a billion people through your physical DNA. Imagine what you're touching through your quantum field. Yeah. It's all like big. So now it's like so many of us, there's a collective presence of light workers and people doing personal work that, and becoming teachers and healers that there's a whole nother level going on here about the exponential pop that can happen. And one story I'd love to tell, if it's okay, is the story of Jesus. I grew up Christian and I love Jesus. I didn't like some of the rhetoric of the religion I grew up, but I loved Jesus. I always did. And so his teachings were always love to me. And I remember a story of him walking through a crowd and he, you know, he was enlightened. He was luminous. And this woman wanted to have a healing with him, but she couldn't get an audience for whatever reason. But her hope and her desire was so strong that when he passed her, she touched his robe and she had a miraculous healing. Now, one of the things about healing is not just us doing it to somebody because we can't. I don't believe you can actually heal someone. I think you can create the energetic container that when someone's ready, they'll receive it. Mm -hmm. When someone says, yes, one of the questions I ask my clients is, are you ready to heal whatever you've come for? Are you really ready? And if they say yes, then it makes it a lot easier for them to let it in because they're like, yes. And so this woman was at that place and Jesus didn't do anything to her. He did. He became enlightened. And so his field was powerful. And because she reached out to receive it, 
she got it. And so collectively, there's a lot of people beginning to be curious about what it's like to be whole again, regardless whether they call it enlightenment or just, I just want to be happy, I need to do something different, is that that's the magic that's causing this to go like really fire bigger than anything we can imagine. Yes. And it's our interconnectedness, I believe too, like this web that we've been creating by having all these conversations and it creates, um, it's an energetic in the space. It's like a, it's like a verbal light grid. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just like having all these conversations and putting these ideas into the space, even us having this conversation right now, before we, before I even publish it, it's still in the space. It's still connecting every, everyone to this new ideas and this new information. And then as we, as I publish it, it, it just broadcasts, it amplifies, it amplifies that message that we're having right now. So yeah, it's all, you know, this is, this is the realm of, if you're called to do it, do it and don't worry about how it's working because <laughs> it is working. It is yeah. working. Well, in these times too, one of the things I believe that we are, uh, that sacred destruction is really impending on is our linear mind. So like we try to figure it out and it just, you can't, it's your intuitive heart. That's really where all the power is, you know, and then the mind works, whatever it needs to, to help us function in this reality. But I don't think we can figure out our future. We've got to go for our heart's desires and that creates it through much more powerful energy than a mental thought. You know, we can make mental constructs all day long, but with, we got to have the heart. We got to trust our intuition, our guidance. Absolutely. And I love your new book because it gives um, people a way to start to, you actually have like, like ceremony recipes almost, which is so cool, you know, because if you don't know how to do a ceremony for yourself, the book has like actual recipes for like, okay, this, 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 and then do this. And it's like, that's great the way you step people into it. Because eventually the heart will just guide you, you know, to make your own ceremony. But while you're learning how to do it and getting the feel of like having a ceremony, it's helpful to have some prompts and some things to support you in trying it for the first few times. How to work with allies, how to call in different beings of light, how to work with the medicine wheel. And just, it's a great overview and that is very multicultural, you know, so which really suits me because um, I want it all, right? You know? Yeah, me too. I want it all. And I want to see the universality of it, that this is not about one way. It's about universal laws and truths. And it's about a mapping system our, soul, our spirit gave to us to wake up and how to live in harmony. And it's like, and it's, it's a journey. It's an adventure. And we need a good map to refer to. And like you say, there's guidelines in here. This is not like rules of life. It's like, well, there's universal law and truth in there. But, you know, I think it's Starhawk in one of her books many years ago. Do you know who she is? She's this great goddess author from many moons ago. I don't know what all she's doing today, but a famous line that I love to refer to when I'm doing ceremonial work is, is to reference, we're going to do ceremony today just like our grandmothers, our ancestors, we're going to make it up. And so once, yeah, we're going to make it up. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're going to channel it in. So once you get some practice of what a ceremony is and how it feels and all that, then you're open 
to know, oh, I'm calling in White Eagle today, or I'm calling in Mother Mary, or, or we're working with tobacco. It's, but it's like, it's not linear left brain. It's like, yeah, this book is written in words and it's got a lot of pictures in it. It's a fully illustrated, I counted the other day, there's over 74 paintings in here. Beautiful. And so actually, because of the channeling thing that I do, that you do, it's like, you know what? This is a vibrational packet of spirit wisdom. And whether you look at a painting or you read how to do something, it's going to transcend your mental intellectual self. It's all about getting to the heart. It's all about creating a container portal for you to feel comfortable and trusting spirit and trusting yourself that you're on a grand adventure and that you can start your own practice. And maybe you're already a practitioner. There's a lot in here that will support deepening that. Maybe you're a new teacher. This could be a great reference book or something for your students. But the whole goal of this is empowering you to know you're not alone, that there are some maps for you to help you wake up, and also create tribe. In the very last of this book, I was guided at the very end to talk about tribe and how important it is to share your experiences, to find other like-minded people. And it might be you don't know any right now. Maybe this is one of the things you're, you're jonesing for in your life. And it's like, well, keep coming back here. Go to our websites, pick up our books, you know, but share that. Find, you know, who in your family says, what are you doing? Or one of your friends that says, you look different. What are you doing? And they go, well, I just picked up this book or I had this conversation. I listened to this podcast and I, I feel like I can do some of this. I mean, or, oh, it's helping me. De-stress. Well, share it. Be heart-centered and share it. Don't force it on a single soul, let me tell you. No, that doesn't work. Don't, don't proselytize. Been down there. Don't do that. But, but when people are interested, you know, it's like you'll find your tribe mates and some of the most lovely people that you just will probably walk for a long time with. But, you know, create study groups or create conversations. And then when you're ready, take a class with one of us or someone that you're called to that continues to help you honor your inner voice and your connection to spirit. It's not about following anybody else right now. It is totally about opening up. To yeah. That. It's about your inner journey, oh, yeah. your thumbprint journey. You bet. Yeah. But you can be in community and share your thumbprint journey with other people. And that's super fun. Absolutely. You get a few tips here and there of starting places. So things to start to try. I love that. Uh, this is a great book, Catherine. It's a beautiful book. Mm -hmm. I'll put a link to it um, in the show notes for everybody who go pick up a copy. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You want to get the print book because it's so beautiful pictures and everything in there. And um, I will just encourage everybody to share this out as Catherine was saying, you know, definitely like give us a rating on iTunes. Those ratings really support uh, the podcast in elevating its reach. And, um, you know, I'm sharing these messages out. I, as you know, um, if you've been listening to me for a while, I'm, I'm on many other podcasts as well. And I share these messages out and, and a lot of people are very like cooked into this whole idea of numbers. Like how many downloads do you have? How, you know, before they decide if they want to like, let you speak your message on their podcast. And, you know, I'm, I'm not that way. I, I don't operate that way, but I know a lot of people do. And hey, if you feel like these messages need to be heard by more people, then help me, you know, get more downloads, you know, so that these other people that are really concerned about the download numbers 
can get the numbers that they need in order to go, huh, maybe I should have these messages shared on my show, you know, <laughs> so I could use your support if you, if you want to give it. So appreciate you doing that for me and helping me get out there more and helping Catherine's book it, get more attention as well. This is a path of, um, of deep mystery and beautiful self-awakening. And, uh, I love walking the red road and I love supporting teachers who teach that path. So definitely share it out. Thank you, Catherine, for being on the show. Appreciate you being here. And oh, we're, thank you. we're going to give kisses. Now you want to help me give kisses to everybody. Love you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Catherine. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul Nectar Show. Awaken Nectar Show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar. From the source of who you are.